Our sermon passage is Matthew 13, verses 1 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some of the seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are you, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, word but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You guys may be seated. As you find your seats, I want to ask you to pray with me. Our great God, we come this morning in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would give us ears to hear your word. And you would give us faith to believe your word. And that you would bear fruit in us and through us. Lord, when I think about the people of Redeemer, I think about my dear brothers and sisters gathered in this room today. We long to honor you. We long to know you. We long to walk in your ways. And so, Lord, we're praying that by 
your spirit, you would do a work in us that is honoring to your name. A work that changes who we are and a work that bears the fruit of your spirit in this world. Lord, we pray all this through a gospel lens, meaning we know that we don't make ourselves worthy, but your son Jesus has made us worthy. We know that we don't climb a ladder into your presence, but that Jesus lifts us out of a pit and says, you are my child. We know, O Lord, that your grace is what we need. We know, O Lord, that faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would give us all ears to hear your word. And I pray that you would help me not speak in parables, but to speak clearly such that your people could hear and believe. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, it's great to see you all this morning. If you haven't done so, would you please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 13, where Dylan was just reading for us. If you didn't bring a Bible this morning, there are some under the chairs in front of you, and uh, feel free to use one of those and take it as a gift from us if you don't have a Bible. Uh, We're working our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and we've come to chapter 13. And chapter 13 is a a period in the life of Jesus where he is teaching in parables. He's teaching in parables, which means he's telling stories which have a, a, a spiritual truth that's being communicated. And often, parables can be difficult for us to understand. We're a bullet-pointed culture. We like it clear and straight and black and white, and the parables don't provide us with that. But the reality is, they convey truth. Jesus chose to communicate in this manner, and they are for us. So we're going to labor our way through the parables. What Jesus gives us in these 23 verses that we're going to look at today is somewhat of an introduction to parables, somewhat of a um, training training wheels parable where he's going to tell it and then interpret it for us. And he's going to call us to this main truth, which is in verse 9. He who has ears... Let him hear. And so the prayer of our heart this morning ought to be this. Lord, would you give me ears to hear your word? Would you give me ears to hear what you're saying? And ears to hear doesn't mean that the... the, the musical notes and sound waves pass through our ear ducts and make noise in our brains, but rather ears to hear means understand, receive, believe, shape. Some of you are probably tired of me telling this story, but I think it really drives it home. My senior year of college, 
I lived with a guy named Paul, and Paul uh, was an opera major. And Paul still sings in operas today. And we were studying. Like, I was on one side of the living room. He's on the other side of the living room. And we could kind of hear the neighbors downstairs. So I went and got a, a, I'm old, a CD of Beethoven and popped it in and hit play. Because to me, Beethoven's just background noise, white noise. Helps me drown out the neighbors. And Paul, who is normally quite reserved, loses his mind. He is like, what are you doing? I'm trying to read. Cool. Beethoven's just knocking. He's like, no. Beethoven speaks. He speaks. You don't hear. And I'm like, no. So in short, what Jesus is saying is be like Paul, not like Jamie. (laughs) So let's look at the passage together. If you want to take notes this morning, first point, the parables from the boat. Now, I think that's very clever, and none of you got it, but we've already had the Sermon on the Mount. I don't see why we don't call this the parables from the boat. It says, Jesus went out by the sea, and there were so many people gathered around him that the best way for him to address them was he got in a boat and backed away from the shore a little bit uh, where he could teach them. And from the boat, we're told that he told them many things in parables. That's verse 3. Told them many things in parables. And um, Matthew has, these are all collected here in in Matthew chapter 13. So then what happens is in verse 4, Jesus begins to tell a parable, or he does tell a parable about a sower sowing seed. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. And so the disciples, we're told in verse 10, they, they kind of pull him aside. And they're, they're like, hey, um, these parables, like, it's not landing. Like, like, you could be a little more clear. I think, I think there's a better way to get your message across. So, so why do you speak in parables? That's the question that the disciples pose to Jesus. Now, a parable, let's, let's talk about that. A parable is a story or saying that illustrates a truth using comparison, hyperbole, or simile. Um, And so um, parables can give good examples or bad examples. They can make positive analogies or or negative analogies. But a parable is teaching through story. It's teaching through story. And um, the challenge of parables often is Do we get the right teaching out of the story? Do we get the right teaching out of the story? Classic example, we're going to do the parable of the sower this morning, and I'm probably not going to teach it the way that most of you have heard it taught, but the reason is because Jesus tells us what it means. That's nice, okay? But the reality is, parables are... Well, first of all, they're right because Jesus did it and he said it and it's God's word and we're just going to embrace that. But if we want to engage the reality, parables are helpful 
Because they draw us in through a, a, a captivating story or reality. And when the Lord, to quote verse 9, has given us ears to hear, those things tend to stick and to punch and to work. So, so the question posed to Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And in verses 11 through 17, he, he gives the answer. And basically what Jesus says It's not easy to hear, and it's a little bit perplexing. But this is what he says. It's a blessing to know the secrets of the kingdom. And some of us have ready hearts, ready to hear, and the parables allow me to convey the truths of the kingdom to those hearts that are prepared to hear while also confounding those who are unwilling to hear and unwilling to yield to the Lord. Now, does that sit well with any of us? No. But that's what he says. Look, he says, verse 11, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, you who hear. But to them, it's not been given. Verse 13, this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they don't see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah, that's Isaiah 6, 9 and 10, is fulfilled. You will hear but never understand. You will see but never perceive. For the people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes And their eyes are closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their hearts and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. So what Jesus is saying is, those who who are hard-hearted, unyielding, unwilling to be taught and shaped by the word of God, the purpose of parables is to not give them the to not give to them the truths that can be manipulated for their selfish purposes. They'll be exposed, but they won't understand. Verse 16, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see, and to hear what you hear and did not hear. So Jesus is ultimately saying that hearing the message of the kingdom, receiving the message of the kingdom, believing the message of the kingdom, and following the king of the kingdom is ultimately a spiritual blessing. God has to do a work in us for us to hear and receive and believe. That's what Jesus is saying here. God has to do a work in us for us to hear See and believe. Now, I think we have some folks with us today who are not either not native English speakers or have served around the world where English was not the primary language. And what we Americans tend to do when people don't understand us is we talk slower and louder. Because if you just get the syllables, you will get the message. But that's not it. 
Sometimes we're just confusing, and our metaphors just don't make sense. And on and on we go. So the reality is, Jesus, I think, is saying when it comes to conveying spiritual truths, the issue is not always to have a tight, neat outline, to speak slower, and to say it over and over and over and more and more and more. The fundamental underlying reality of the gospel being heard and received and believed is the work of the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus is saying is it takes the Spirit to cause one to hear and believe. And so we're going to have through these parables this reality of of two types of people, actually, dare I say from the parable of the sowers, four types of people who hear the same message and respond differently. But those who bear fruit, those who hear and understand, those who hear and are changed, it's not because they're better. It's not because they're smarter. It's not because they took that extra lit class on parables, but it's because the Spirit is at work in them. And what we're praying for when we think about our children, our loved ones, our co-workers, our friends, our neighbors, and peoples to the ends of the earth, what we're praying for is, yes, that the gospel will be rightly presented and that the Spirit of God would prepare the hearts of the hearers to receive and believe. It all fits together. So Jesus teaches in parables. Now, I'm just going to throw this one aside in there. Sometimes guys like me stand up and and talk about the Bible in such a way that you think like, oh, so if it's hard for me, I must not be a Christian. Or if it's hard for me, I must not have the Spirit. Please, please, please don't take that away today. Because we can always pray this. Spirit of God, help me hear your word and help me understand. And friends, that prayer does not flow from hard-hearted arrogance. It just doesn't. It flows from a spirit that wants to walk with the Lord and walk in his ways. And the scriptures abound in things of the promises of God where, where he's saying he's eager to pour his blessings out on those who come to him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard a God like ours who works for those who wait for him to work. So Jesus is in a boat teaching in parables to accomplish his purpose of giving the insights of the kingdom to some without train wrecking his mission by those who are hard-hearted, unyielding, and unwilling to hear what he is saying. If we go back a few chapters, he speaks very clearly and he almost gets killed. But now is not the time. The end of the mission is Jerusalem. The end of the mission is the cross. The end of the mission is a redeeming death followed by resurrection. And the parables are part of the plan to move Jesus there. And parables are a gift as they teach us these truths 
of the Lord. So as you read a parable, always pray, Lord, would you help me understand? You can also pray, Lord, I wish you would have interpreted all of them. But he didn't. And when you're wrestling with and perplexed about a parable, just just know this devious little truth. The best way to start a fist fight on a seminary campus is to show up in a cafeteria and say, there's only one way to interpret this parable. It'll be on. Right, Josh Hayes? I see you back there. You never threw pizza at anybody over parable, did you? Okay, good, good. So then, Jesus gives a parable that I'm kind of calling like our training wheels because he he speaks the parable and then he interprets it for them. So this is our second point today, to hear and understand, to hear and understand. And you might say, okay, well, Jamie, why did you put this parable with this introduction? It's because I think this parable drives home the point of the parables. The point of the parables is to hear the word of the Lord and understand it and be changed by it and to bear fruit through the word of the Lord. So this parable even helps us understand what parables are supposed to do. So the parable is in verses 3 through 9. This is what we see. Jesus is talking about a sower. So a sower is, is merely one who hopes to reap a harvest, and he's going to spread seeds. Um, they didn't have John Deere tractors that placed the seeds incrementally in exactly the right point all the way down a row and then coming back and then coming back. Rather, they would take a handful of seeds and they would just flip them out indiscriminately, understanding that some would grow and become grain, some would not. And there'd be a whole host of realities in between. So Jesus says, let's talk about the sower. He went out to sow. And as he was indiscriminately throwing the grain, some of it fell, and there's going to be four four outcomes of seed. First, some of it fell on a path. Um, The path... On the path, it, the seed would stay on the surface, and so the birds came and devoured the seeds. Second, some other seed fell on rocky ground. Rocky ground meaning there wasn't much soil, and with little soil, the, the seed would, would bear some quick growth, But there would be no root system, and with no root system, there would also be a quick death. So there'd be some growth, followed by a quick death. Third, Jesus says, some of the seeds fell among the thorns. Um, I hear thorns, and I think about a rose bush. And I'm like, why would you plant seed near a rose bush? But that's not what Jesus means. In those days, there was a plant that was filled with thorns that looked exactly like wheat, and it could infiltrate a wheat field. So much so that it was against the law to put these seeds in someone else's field. 
It was like Jewish rolling of a yard. You don't do it. So some of the seeds fell amongst the thorns, but the thorns, they're like pirates, and they don't make space for any other plant. And because they don't make space for any other plant, the seed never bears any fruit. So path, no fruit. Rocky ground, ultimately no fruit. Thorns, no fruit. Fruit. Fourth, good soil. Jesus says, some of the seeds fell on good soil. And falling on good soil, they produced grain. Now remember, the sower had an intent. What was his intent at the beginning? Grain. He sowed seeds to get grain. Some of them yielded a hundredfold. Some of them sixtyfold. Some of them thirtyfold. He who has ears, let him hear. What's Jesus? Don't look down. What's Jesus talking about? hard to understand, right? It's not abundantly clear. Thankfully, Jesus interprets this parable, and I believe in so doing helps us know how to interpret other parables. So after the disciples say to him, why do you do this? Why do you teach in parables? In verse 18, he comes back and he says, hear then the parable of the sower. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom. So the sowing is hearing the word of the kingdom. So we're talking about those who are verbally hearing the message of the kingdom. And then Jesus is going to say that the four types of soil are four recipients, four types of recipient of the message of the kingdom. So again in 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path. So Jesus says, the seed on the path is one who the word of the kingdom is heard, but because of hardness of heart, heart, the word, the seed is not planted in soil and ultimately the evil one will snatch away the seed and there is no fruit. Second, verse 20, as for what was sown on rocky ground, This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So Jesus is talking of one who never truly is fruitful never truly becomes grain, but shows some interest and some spark of life that is short-lived and doesn't bear fruit. Third, verse 22. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, 
But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So the one sown among the thorns is the one who who never bears fruit because the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke it out like thorns. Fourth, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold and in another sixty and another thirty. So, so Jesus says, in the parable, the seed on the path is one who hears, has no re- receiving of the word, and bears no fruit. The rocky ground is the one who hears, appears to receive, appears to be joyful about the message of the kingdom, endures for a while, and then ultimately falls away. The thorns never get to grain because the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world take up all the space in that person. The good soil hears, understands, and bears fruit. Now, what do we do with that? Like, help me. What do we do with that? Let's reflect on these for a little bit. Number one, of these four outcomes that Jesus maps out, only one is a true Christian, the good soil. Only one is a true Jesus follower, the good soil. Our prayer, our desire, our hope is to be good soil and to sow among good soil. And to pray for the Lord to prepare people to be good soil. Second, if we take mission and ministry and evangelizing seriously, which by the way, I want you to take mission and ministry and evangelizing seriously. We should expect to see all four of these types of responses to the message of the kingdom. Right? If I were to reflect on 12 years of ministry in Hendersonville, Tennessee, we could write memoirs upon memoirs about all four of these responses to the message of the kingdom. The person hearing with, without understanding is that person who just has their fingers in their ear and they're just, I'm just, not, I'm just not interested. I'm glad that that gospel works for you, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not interested. 
Jesus isn't saying give up. He's not saying quit. He's not saying write them off. But I do think he's saying, Christian, don't be surprised when the message of the kingdom is responded to like that because they did that to your king. The rocky ground, this is the one that's so hard for me. I want to be really clear. Jesus is not saying this person was truly converted, filled with the Spirit, and a child of God who then lost the Spirit and lost his or her status in the kingdom. Romans 8 makes abundantly clear that does not happen. But what this does tell us is there will be people who come in amongst the people of God and on a surfacey level will look like a Christian for a few minutes. And this one's so hard because you pray for people and you pray for people and you pray for people and you share the gospel with people and you invite them to church and they're like, yes, this is great. I can't wait. And then it's just like it's gone. You guys know that experience? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. That's when I've come the closest to wanting to quit. But one thing Jesus is doing with this parable is saying that's how the the seeds of the kingdom go out. And sometimes there's this, this quick joy, quick interest that's not sustained. So the reality is the people of the kingdom hear and believe and endure with the Savior because of the grace of the Savior. The thorns, no space for spiritual life because the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches have choked out all fruit. Now, if you're asking this question, well, am I exposed to the deceitfulness of riches or the cares of the world? Then you're asking the wrong question. If you're going, man, I wonder if my spouse is deceived by riches. You're asking the wrong question. Here's the question, though. We're all immersed in the cares of the world. Family, work, money, bills, schooling, jobs, activities, activities activities, what we drive our kids to their activities in, food. These are all the cares of the world. The reality is not, am I exposed to these things? The question is, are the cares of the world choking a capacity for Jesus out of me? The deceitfulness of riches. Look, if you live in America, in governmentally subsidized housing, you are in the wealthiest 10% of people in the world. So the question is not, am I exposed to riches? The question is, is that deceiving me into what my value to Jesus is? And is my love of my stuff rooting out a capacity to love Jesus and follow him and serve? Man, I'm not trying to be the no fun preacher. I'm just telling you, Jesus says this is a reality. 
that often thorns snuff out spiritual life. And the cares of the world, that one can go deep and deep and deep and deep and deep and deep and deep. Let's look at the good soil. The one who hears the word and understands it. So first of all, understanding doesn't mean able to write an essay. Okay? Understanding means to to grasp the meaning of what Jesus is saying and accept it and believe it and build my life around it. That's what Jesus means by understanding. This person indeed bears fruit and yields fruit. So what is the fruit that Jesus is talking about? I think the spiritual fruit that Jesus is talking about is first repentance and faith. It's repentance and faith. It's to to turn away from sin and the world and the deceitfulness of the world and to repent of loving and being characterized by those things and to trust and believe that Jesus is the saving king who brings saving power to all who call upon his name. Repentance and faith is the fruit of good soil. You could read Romans 10 and put it right there. To hear, to believe, to repent, to never be put to shame. The fruit that Jesus is talking about, we could also say, is the fruit of the Spirit, as laid out in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. The fruit of the Spirit, the, the fruit of the gospel. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit is becoming healthy enough to sow seed. The fruit's becoming healthy enough in Christ that we too can sow the seeds of the kingdom. I want to be really abundantly clear here. I just got to stop there. I'm realizing what time it is. I'm going to stop there. So the fruit's repentance. The fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is becoming healthy enough for seed sowing. So what do we do with this parable, Pastor? Number one, we use it for self-assessment. We use it for self-assessment. Where, O oh Lord, am I evidencing the work of your spirit as good soil and where are thorns choking and where is rocky ground enduring and where is hardness of heart coming? Second, we we use this parable to help us know how people will respond to the word of Jesus. As I've said, we should expect all these responses. And based upon the rocky ground thing, 
we should not equate a quick surface level response to the gospel with enduring faithfulness to Jesus. And we should believe that Jesus is eager for the message of the king to be proclaimed to those with ears to hear and pray that the Lord would make us people who have ears to hear. So look, if you're sitting here going, Pastor, man, I am 100% rock. I'm the seed on the path. I'm the seed on the rocky ground. I'm the seed amongst the thorns. I'm so glad you're here. That doesn't define your eternal destiny. Pray, oh Lord, would you make me good soil? We would love to pray with you and share the gospel with you and teach you and guide you to Jesus so that you would become the good soil. And friends, what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to hear and to understand and to bear fruit. So let's pray that the Lord would make us a people who hear and understand and bear fruit. This shapes how we pray. It shapes how we minister. It shapes how we wrestle with our own stuff. He who has ears, let him hear. So our Father in heaven, would you take these words of truth from your scripture? And as much as what's been said this morning is faithful to them, would you cause them in this room to be heard and believed and bear fruit? Please, God, would you work today? Please. We pray in Jesus' name.